Hi, it's Raina G, Holistic Health Hotline, and uh, Dr. Raina G, find me all kinds of places, YouTube, wherever. But um, I'm kind of back again. Today we're going to talk black and white and Marxism. <laughs> black lives matter, except to black people. They kill how many babies a year? Do you know? 80,000 black babies are killed a year. Do you understand what Marxism is? Do you know who Karl Marx was? Do you know that the Black Lives Matter leader uh, says and tells people that they are trained Marxists? Being a Marxist means that you believe your job is to dethrone God and destroy capitalism. Dethrone God and destroy capitalism. God in any form. If you've ever read Engels or Lenin or... Uh, or even, you know, Marx himself. <laughs> if you've read any of those things, you know that that's what they're trying to do with this country is transform it to a non-capitalistic, godless country. That's not socialism. Socialism is the next step toward communism. That is actually Marxist communism. And that's what they're heading for. That's what's going on in Seattle and in Portland, in parts of Minnesota and parts of uh, Illinois basically in California. You heard what Newsom did, Nancy Pelosi's nephew. I always remind people, these people are all related. What he did was he banned not just going to church because of the COVID hoax, but <clears throat> also that you can't even have a group over in your house and do Bible study. That's dethroning God. God doesn't exist to these people. Satan does to many of them. The pedophile network is filled with Satanists and Satan cultists and I mean evil awful stuff that these people do and some of your best-known icons do that whether it's Tom Hanks or Ellen DeGeneres or Oprah uh, you guys are going to be shocked when you find out all the different people who are involved in this pedophilia network globally you know Jeffrey Epstein was big because he provided islands and, and all that stuff for people to come and, and do this stuff. Kevin Spacey was banned from his little island because he was so torturous to little boys. He liked to hear them scream while they were being tortured. Um, that some of the other visitors who wanted to participate in, in their little cultish things couldn't stand the screaming. So he was banned from that island. Uh, I don't even know if he's out on bail. If anybody knows, you know, leave a comment and, and let us know. I don't remember. I have so much going on. Uh, I have a lot of people who have written me because they're afraid that their children have been abducted. I have people who have written me who um, know people who are probably involved in this network. I, of course, have veterans who are messaging me all the time that they're, they want to commit suicide. There's just... Uh, an abundance of stuff going on. So everybody's all upset because the president is sending troopers into Portland to try to save the city. It's totally legal. The Department of Homeland Security has every right to do it. And in my mind, if we don't do it, if we don't take this country back because they're trying to take it away, we will lose it. Not just at the ballot box. I mean, listen to what Pelosi said yesterday. He's going to be out of office whether he knows it or not. What does that mean? whether he knows it or not. That means that they're doing stuff behind the scenes that, that nobody would believe possible. George Soros, Obama, the Clintons, 
the Clinton Foundation, of course, and all the people affiliated with it, they're doing things to make sure that it doesn't matter if 110 million people go out and vote for Trump. They'll find 111 to beat him. It'll all be a lie. It'll all be fraudulent, but they will. The Black Lives Matter buses that are pulling into all these uh, cities, have you seen them? Very highly equipped buses, multiple millions of dollars worth of buses. You think that these kids that are out there doing this stuff could afford that? No. Black Lives Matter started after Trayvon Martin was killed. Their whole purpose at that point was to, to start organizing and fighting for justice for the black community. In that time, which is how many years? 14 to 12 years. Okay, they have accumulated $800 million plus, and I'm sure it's much bigger now, I'm sure it's in the billions. Have they done anything for any black neighborhoods? Have they helped any black colleges? Have they stopped the abortion clinics from killing black babies? Have they educated anyone in the poor communities about not getting pregnant? About having the father at home if you are pregnant? About building a family? about having responsibility. The only one who's done anything, of course, is Trump, who's provided opportunity zones, which is educational and uh, technical skill oriented, so that you can get work. But see, we don't want to work, because capitalism's no good. The Marxists don't believe that capitalism should exist. I don't know how they think people are going to live and how they're going to get their money anymore. They think they'll just get it from the elites. Get a clue, y'all out there, you black people. Yeah, I got a lot of black friends. They are not part of this black movement, by the way. The Black Lives Matter movement is not their movement. This has been, this has been hijacked by the left to use, to use blacks and the movement to get votes and, uh, and to destroy. So when you see these, these kids out there, and I call them kids, anywhere from 14 to 34 are children these days, um, or maybe even younger, I don't know destroying things because they were told this is how you destroy capitalism. You get rid of the statues, you get rid of anything that said that this was a country that had a patriarchy at one point, um, that had slaves. Well, guess what? Slaves, slavery is still going on globally everywhere. Not here. Why? Because Republicans stopped it. But we don't talk about that. We don't talk about the fact that the first slaveholder, the very first slaveholder in the United States was a black man. His last name was Johnson. Johnson, okay? We don't talk about the fact that all of us have DNA coming from lots of different cultures. Now, my grandparents were Italian. Do I know if their grandparents were Italian? I have no idea. Their great-grandparents? I have no idea. My mother's parents and grandparents were a mixture of lots of things. I'm part Native American. I know my mother had Polish in her. I know she had English in her. She had some Russian in her. Um, my great-great-grandmother had Russian in her because she married so-and-so and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it goes on and on and on and on and on. And so who says who owns what and who, who, who should pay reparations to who, whom, and, uh, and why? Okay? You have a lot of black women especially, and it's the women that are really ticking me off, who are saying that they want reparations in the amount of millions to black people because of slavery. Well, if you owned a slave, talk to me. If you were a slave, talk to me. Otherwise, this is the history that is part of our very young country, our 244-year-old country. 
countries, you know, elsewhere are thousands and thousands and tens of thousands, millions of years old. The United States of America is 244 years old. It's young. It went through a lot of stuff through its puberty years. It's come to a place where 10 years ago, racism was pretty much gone. Yeah, people see color. They know everybody's different. It's the melting pot. But the most important thing was everybody knew they were Americans. Now, everything's African-American. Well, how can you be African-American? Does that make me Italian, Polish, Russian, English-American? Does that make me anything at all but American? So if you're, if you're black and you're still calling yourselves Afro-Americans, then go back to Africa because you can't hold allegiance to two places. Teddy Roosevelt said that. You have an allegiance to one country, one flag, one family, one group of people that is like-minded, that like-mindedness being that we are one nation under God, indivisible under God, that we uh, uh, join together in unity, all these different colonies, all these different states that have different values and different ideas and different countrysides and, and different people, but we join together under one flag and we pledge our allegiance to that nation, to that country. That, that's not where this black movement is going. That's, and what they don't understand. And I, I see it coming, and you know me, if, if those of you who know me, when I see things coming, they happen. So I know who's behind all of this, you know, the, 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 the new brown shirts of America. We know who's behind it, and we know that he, his allegiance is to the Muslims. Now, Muslims do not like gay people. They don't like women. They don't like dogs. They don't like God. They, they um, adhere to the fact that if you're not a believer, you should die. If you're an infidel, you should die. And you should die not a glorious death, but chop your head off. Um, okay, so, so they're not prominent right now. They're becoming more because of the people we have in Congress. I mean, there's like 141 Muslims in Congress. What the hell is that about? What is that about? And they don't swear their allegiance to this country on a Bible. They do it on a Koran or, a, or a, I don't even know what else they use. But anyway, so the blacks are being used again to get votes for Biden, which is almost hysterical. But that, you know, they'll get them. And then once they're, they're used, once the useful idiots are no longer needed, the Muslim Brotherhood will take over. And when they take over, Oh, everybody's going to say, you can't touch us, you can't send in troops because we're Muslims. And that's Islamophobia, according to Biden. You can't do that. This is Islam, and we should have more Islam in schools, according to Biden. They should teach our children about Islam in schools. No, according to Biden. Now, you learn about Islam. I have a, a podcast that's on iTunes and on the Potomatic um, and elsewhere about the Koran. I made sure it was read to me because I can't read. I can't read Farsi and all that stuff. So I had it read to me, not once, but twice. And I reiterate in those podcasts the lines, the different lines, the different verses that talk about what happens if you are not part of Islam. When Obama was president, he used, he used to do dimitude. That's giving money to Islam every year. And Congress knew it. Pelosi knew it. Schumer knew it. They all said, yes, we got to do that. Because otherwise, the Muslim Brotherhood won't like you. The Muslim Brotherhood is all over the uh, executive and, and uh, legislative branches of government. Who put them there? Who put the communists in government? Who knew what he was doing all along? Everybody says, oh, he's the worst president. Yes, he was, because he's the most corrupt, anti-American president we ever had. 
but he knew what he was doing. He made sure he filled positions in key places everywhere within the government so that, so that uh, classified information and top secrets could be given to people he thought they should go to so he could manipulate monies, like give billions to Iran so they could build their nuclear program. Um, so that one day, Agenda 2030, it used to be 2021, now it's 2030, but it's all incorporated because we're almost in 2021, we have a whole new world order. One religion, one government, one president of the world. Who do you think that's going to be? Guess. Just take a couple guesses. And in the meantime, in the meantime, we have this virus. I don't know about you, but I haven't been tested for tuberculosis or the flu or cold or viral pneumonia. Those are all viruses. Those are all um, infectious diseases. Nobody tests me for that. Why? Because I'm asymptomatic. I don't have the symptoms of it. So why, why is it so important that everybody run and get tested for something they have no symptoms of so they can track you? to see, okay, you, you tested positive or negative. Of course, half of the tests that are positive are wrong. They're false. I had actually friends, I have friends, who went in to get tested and said it, the lines were too long. They had filled out the information. They left, and three days later, they got a letter saying that they were tested positive. That's impossible. I had another guy here yesterday, an electrician friend of mine, who said that uh, his friend, Got test, didn't get tested and got, and got told later he was positive. But while he was there, he watched them take um, a Q-tip, a long Q-tip, out of a bag, fresh, test it, and it tested positive. So all these positive tests, you know, what is the reason for that? To make you learn fear, number one. Number two, to shut you up. Put a mask on, don't talk, shut up. That's slavery, by the way. And number three, to keep you indoors and at home so that you don't go out and talk to people and share ideas and maybe push the propaganda they don't want you to push, but that when they take over, they can herd you together real easy because you're all scared to death you're going to die of a virus anyway, so you're all home. Um, do you know about the CDC? The CDC is not a federal agency. It's independent. Guess who it's affiliated with? every pharmaceutical company out there. Now, where do the pharmaceutical companies come from? Do you know about Nazi Germany? Do you really think we defeated them? FDR was a good friend of Hitler's. I've told you that before. He gave him the book on genocide. He taught him how to do it. Um, do you think Hitler was killed in his bunker? Well, a lot of people, conspiracy theorists, theorists say he wasn't, that he went to Argentina. There's lots of stories about that. And he had children. Well, those children got married and Actually, they went back to the homeland first, to Germany, four of them anyway. And they got married and uh, had children. And so now you have the grandchildren of Adolf Hitler. Who are they? Well, is Angela Merkel, is she the grandchild of Adolf Hitler? Is she the aunt of Barack Obama? Barack Satoro, Barry Satoro, Barry Dunham? Um... You know, just do the genealogy. You people love to do Ancestry.com. Trace the roots. Trace the DNA. These people are all related right up to the Rothschilds. So who are the Rothschilds? Part of the people who Wilson allowed to take over the banking systems of the United States and the world to promote war so they can make more money. But they're also part of the globalists who are involved in human and 
child trafficking, the Rothschilds. Um, you see in the Biltmore Estate up in Asheville, North Carolina, a lot of people go to visit there, especially Christmas time, but you never get the tour of the pool area. If you look at the pool, it doesn't have a drain, it doesn't have any filtration system, doesn't have a pump, just a great big pool with a ladder that can be pulled up. Well, that's, what do you think that is? You put people in that pool who are maybe 3, 5, 10, 11, 12, 14 years old. It's 8 to 10 foot walls. They can't get out. Um, there's lots of stuff that went on in that pool. And you'll see photos if you can do the research yourself. Because if I put them out there, I'm going to get banned from every social network, whatever, of these children sitting on the edge of this pool. Blood on their feet. Um, blood all over them. And they're tortured and they're gone. 800,000 of them a year. That's a lot, okay? A lot of missing children that never show up again. And so why do these um, elites suddenly have this little club, the Red Shoe Club? Where do you think that comes from? You have to do your research, okay? The pharmaceutical companies will kill you. They're not there to make money by making you well. They're there to make sure you're fearful, that you're constantly sick, or that you die. Um, that's where they make their money. And I have a daughter who is in the medical industry who, you know, wears her mask forever and will do it for the next 20 years if that's what they want her to do because she believes in this stuff. She doesn't understand, for some reason, even though I trained her, she doesn't understand that these companies are there to hurt people, not to help them. Um, yeah, you go to the hospital and you might your broken arm gets fixed and or you have pneumonia and they get you through it, or you do have the coronavirus and they help you through it, depending on where you go and how old you are. Um, but in general, the pharmaceutical companies, uh, look at the VA, they'll just hand out 28 prescriptions and, and hope that you keep taking them. They all counteract each other, and eventually you'll kill yourself like many of my veterans do. Um, a lot of Facebook posts I have on the pharmaceutical companies, and a lot of podcasts also. So anyway, the main thing is black versus white, okay? When I was growing up, I came from a small town, and there were Native American names and all that stuff because I'm part Native American. That was fine. I never even thought about it, never thought about it. And then we had a new girl come into class and when I was in second grade. or Yes, second grade. And... You know, in second grade, you do a lot of circling and hand-holding, and nobody would hold her hand, and I didn't think anything of it. I said, oh, she's a new kid. They're all going to treat her like that she's bad. That's what new kids, you know, get treated like, like they're the outsiders. And so I took her hand, and nobody would take the other hand. But I made sure that I was part of that circle and took her hand. Well, she, she was a black girl, but I didn't see the black. I saw the new. I saw somebody who was going to get emotionally bullied because she was new. Not because she was black. And throughout my life, I didn't understand racism until Barack Obama became president. I didn't. I'm sure I'm racist in some ways because I'm white, but I'm not pure white. I'm not pure whatever. I come, I, my DNA is filled with people from all over the world and uh, who have intermarried and married and cross-married and done all that stuff and had children who did the same thing, who did the same thing, who did the same thing. So I have all kinds of blood in me, but it's always red, just like black people's blood is red. So do all lives matter? Yes, they do. Not just black lives. 
Yeah, blacks have been oppressed, but you know what? Like I said, we're a young country. We didn't know how to deal with a lot of things, but we got rid of the Ku Klux Klan, not the Democrats. They started it. We started the NAACP, not the Democrats. They voted against it. We did the Civil Rights Act, not the Democrats. They filibustered against it and voted against it. Um, we had blacks in Congress. They weren't Democrats. They were Republicans. Why is there a Republican versus a Democrat? Because there's a big difference between a republic and a democracy. And you'll hear the Democrats always saying they're hurting our democracy. Well, I worry that they're hurting the republic. So figure that out too. Go do that research. But the point is that I went through life. I was in the Marines. And the black movement was just starting up then. It was the late 60s um, after the Kennedy assassination and all that. I went in 1968. And everybody knows what was going on in the late 60s. A lot of stuff. The black movement, the gay movement, the anti-war movement, the drugs. Everything was happening. And I was in the service for that. And you want to deal with those things when you're in the service? Good luck. It's not easy. And I used to have to break up fights between black and whites all the time. And I'd ask them, why? Why are you attacking that one with a broken beer bottle? Why are you trying to beat this one up, you know, with your, with your gun or whatever? And they didn't really know why. They just knew that they were, they were different. Well, that's what we get taught, that if you're different, if you see someone who's different than you, you kill them. That's not even what war is about. You know, there's not any veteran out there that will tell you that they love war. They hate it more than anyone else. That's not what war is about. But I saw it within my barracks. I was barracks NCO for quite a while. And I had to break up these fights and talk to these people. And they, they were both angry. Both whites and blacks were angry. And you know, white people, what they want to call them white, were angry that they were being blamed for the oppression of people that they didn't oppress. They didn't do it. They didn't have any slaves. They didn't beat anybody. They didn't do any of that. They didn't sell anybody. They didn't do it but they were being blamed for it. And the blacks were angry because you're white, you must have done it. They were taught that white people did this. They weren't taught that black people did this or that black people are still doing it. African, African slavery sales are way up, way up, along with the human trafficking and child tra and the genocide, way up there. So I'm breaking them up and I'm talking to them and I'm, I'm like, I still don't get it. Why are you people all angry? Because you're so oppressed? Okay, yes, it was hard in the 60s. It was before the civil rights movement that the Republicans led, before the NAACP that the Republicans voted for, um, before the end of slavery that the Republicans voted for, the end of the Ku Klux Klan that the Republicans got rid of, before Abraham Lincoln, who, you know, he was messed up in some ways, but, but before him, yes, this country had a lot of things going on. It wasn't just white people who owned slaves. There were more black people with indentured servants who were their slaves, probably, than there were white people. And I think Dinesh D'Souza says, you know, during the time of the Civil War, um, the, the margin of black people owning slaves was much higher than white people. So why is everybody going to now tear down all of these monuments and statues, etc., and say it's all for black oppression to have justice in this world? That's not what it's about. It's about the Marxist takeover, the communist takeover of the United States. And that's been going on since Woodrow Wilson. That's the start of the big stuff to become a communist nation. Uh, Kennedy was killed, and Johnson pushed welfare, the New Deal, all these things. Okay, but, wow, great, we can get unemployment now. We can get welfare now. <laughs> and what did he say? He, he used the N-word, and I will too. He said, I'll have those Negroes voting Democrat for the next 200 years, and didn't they stay on the plantation and do that? 
because they were taught that they were supposed to. Not the smart ones. The smart ones thought differently. The smart ones said, I'm going to think for myself. And when you see these gangs out there beating up white people, are they thinking for themselves? No. They were told they're supposed to hate white people. You go to Portland and you see the mothers lined up in front of the protesters, and now you have the dads lined up with their, with their leaf blowers to fight the police. Why are you fighting the police to protect your children? Because you're guilty, that's why. You're guilty of not teaching your children what's right and what's wrong, what's good about this country, what's wonderful about America. Anyone who has really been oppressed somewhere else comes here and they'll tell you there is no country like America. There is no freedom like what we have in America. But, you know, out there in, in uh, Seattle and Portland, that's what they think is, is, is the right thing to do, destroy everything the capitalists ever built and live out there with, I don't know where they think they're going to get their food from. Somebody has to buy it, right? They're not going to grow it themselves. They're just going to sit out there on a big patch of, of whatever and hope to grow it in the winter and... <laughs> during hurricanes and tornadoes and, I don't know, blizzards, whatever, all those storms. I mean, they're just going to grow it. You know, when people first came here, this was just an idea, an experiment, the United States of America. It was just America then. And they came here, and there were the lazy ones. They were the ones who wouldn't work. Only about 3% actually put any hard work in, and they died. A lot of people died. And they did it again. They came over, and more people came, and they did it again. And they did it again. And finally, one day, um, this man, Dale, came over, and he said, you know what? Why don't you each take one acre of land and do with it what you can? Make it what you will. And that was the beginning of basically the barter system, which became capitalism. Not imperialism, where you take over other countries and all that stuff, but the Indians helped. They taught what could be grown here and what couldn't. Um, and the Indians, by the way, are not indigenous. Where everybody gets this idea that, you know, they were born here from 10 million years ago. Um, sorry. Everybody came from one place. And they traveled. They were nomadic. They were conquerors. They were warriors. They, they, they went across boundaries and they made their own boundaries. Um, the Indians, Native Americans, I'm of the Delaware tribe who were the peacekeepers, part of the Iroquois Nation. But... Oh, got news for you. I grew up in the Seneca Nation. I had seven Seneca grandmothers. The Seneca destroyed the Cherokee. I mean, the, the Seneca Hiakatu, who was the husband of Mary Jemison, who was a white woman who was captured and then given to the Seneca, he used to beat pe babies' heads against stones to kill them. But they weren't the only ones. And the, 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 uh, the Erie Indians, that's where the Erie Canal and, and uh, Lake Erie came from, the, the cat people they were called because they would swim underwater with reeds so they could breathe. And they killed a lot of other nations. So what were the Seneca called? The keepers of the Western Door in New York and then further in Ohio, etc., to block other nations from coming to destroy them. They had a wall. <laughs> they had the keepers of the faith, keepers of the fire, all those kinds of things. They had the seven tribes. And that's what our government was based on. Um, You've got to get your history right, and it's not in the history books. And that's something all parents better look at is the textbooks that are being pushed at our children. I saw a page today for uh, 8 to 14-year-olds. It's all about sex, anal sex and masturbation and bondage and trying to get these kids normalized to believing that pedophilia is okay. Check the textbooks. You are now doing a lot of homeschooling. 
Look what's going on. Look what's in the textbooks. Look what these teachers are teaching your children and stop it. I'm part of Time to Teach. I'm a certified trainer for classroom management. I can't do that now because there's no classrooms. But I'll tell you what, I've been for, uh, against what's going on with these textbooks since Barack Obama got into office. People forget they have very short memories. He made sure the textbooks were changed. They come out of Texas. He made sure history was changed online so that Islam became the fabric of America. Get a clue, people. Get a clue. This is not black versus white. This is communism versus America. Communism and evil versus America. Communism and pedophilia against America. That's what the battle is. The deep state versus America. The deep state cabals, the, the, the uh, uh, drug dealers, all of it. That's against America. It's against the United States that I grew up in. And we have to change it. We have to stop it. Um, look up Fabian Socialists. Look up, you know, George Bernard Shaw. He's on YouTube. Just Google it. George Bernard Shaw on YouTube speaking about socialism. And he will tell you in his words, and you will recognize this from what happened with Obamacare. He says in his words that when you reach a certain age, if we find that you are not productive to society anymore, uh, then we realize that you need to be eliminated. Now what did Cuomo do in New York? Sent all those COVID patients to the seniors, didn't he? To kill them. And he killed a lot of them. That's Fabian socialism. That's part of communism. It's taking one step with your right foot as socialism and then they take the next step and now you're into communism. Look these people up. Look it up. Learn about Fabian Socialism. Learn about George Bernard Shaw, the, the pharmaceutical companies, the Nazis, why they became the heads of the pharmaceutical companies so they could continue their experimentation that so many on the left loved after World War II. They said, oh, well, yeah, you're doing all this great stuff. Um, yeah. And then, realize, and then those who like to do genealogy, go find out. Go find out the genealogy, the bloodlines of Angela Merkel and Barack Obama Satoru Dunham. Go find out what his mother did in Pakistan with human trafficking and false social security numbers. How do you think he knew how to use a false social security number? It's deeper than you think. Um, just remember, the goal of Marxism is to dethrone God and destroy capitalism. Look up Marx and Engel and Lenin. Marxist feminists, oh my God, I had to be part of that and didn't even know it. This is, again, the ignorance of youth, you know, or the innocence of youth. I got out of the Marines. I was working for IBM Corporation, major, big blue, major corporation. Uh, so one of the, I was the first woman to fix uh, computers, mainframe computers for IBM in the country. But I was also kind of recruited into women's studies, a department that was part of SUNY at Buffalo. And, you know, wow, teach, help us. We can teach women in contemporary society using all these different articles about how women were needed to get empowered. And I thought, that's good. They're trying to empower women. Okay. I didn't realize that they were Marxists. I didn't even know what Marxism was. Marxist feminism. So as time went on, I'm teaching, I'm doing this. I said, well, let me develop a course about computers and women so women can learn about computers. And, and of course, uh, I, got, I had to fight the collective about that because that wasn't a collective goal. Um, and because I was working at IBM, I got a new car. Uh, 
Well, as soon as I got a new car, I was told I was supposed to share it with everybody. What the hell does that mean? You can take my car whenever you want? Yes. That's part of being part of the collective. If somebody wants to take your car and borrow it, then they borrow it. Well, I fought that for, I don't know, maybe a year. And, and I used to rescue people. I mean, I felt so guilty about not sharing things that during ice storms, et cetera, I'd go out and rescue people because I had the car. Well, eventually, I had friends, and they lived in the same buildings I did or whatever, and I said, okay, Deborah, go ahead, take my car, make sure you fill it up, and when you bring it back, and da-da-da-da. She was out with the car, and I wasn't worried about it because I knew her. And she came back about 11 o'clock at night, knocked on my door and gave me the keys and said thank you, and that was the end of that. So I go out to uh, the car the next morning, and the whole left end quarter panel is torn off. I go back up and knock on her door. I said, Deborah, what's this about? She goes, oh, it got torn off at the gas pumps. And I said, were you going to tell me? She goes, I don't know. She goes, you have insurance, don't you? And I said, well, I have to pay a deductible on that. Oh, well, it's probably not that much, but thanks for the car anyway. Boom, door's closed. It's like, what are you talking about? You take my car, you destroy it, and I'm supposed to pay for it because I'm part of the collective? Well, tell you the truth, I didn't stay part of the collective much longer after that. I mean, it was like, I don't know what you guys are doing. I had to learn about Marxism, and I read Lenin, and I read Engels, and I read Marx, and I read about Fabian Socialism, and I... I did graduate from SUNY Buffalo Phi Beta Kappa. I got one B because I was working too many hours to, to really go to the course. But, but I did my studies. I did my research. I learned. And that's what I'm asking people to do. It doesn't take that long. It's not that hard. You don't have to stay on Facebook or Twitter or whatever who are now censoring anybody that is not pro-Black Lives Matter and pro-communist. They're censoring everybody. Um, but you don't have to learn from there. You've got lots of places to learn from. I mean, buy a book. You're home. Read a book. Read at night. Read five pages at a time. Guaranteed, in a couple of weeks, all of a sudden, you'll be reading 10 pages, then 20, and you'll be done with the book, and you'll have learned a whole bunch of stuff you didn't learn in school, and you're not learning now. But go learn it, because if we don't learn it, if we don't understand the history and don't understand what's being repeated and pushed down our throats, um, we're going to lose it. Pelosi says Trump's going to be out of office whether he knows it or not. He's, she's going to fumigate him out because she's second in command. If that's what you want, are you sure? Because when you ask students and graduate students and people who have just gotten out of college what socialism is, first they'll tell you they love it. Then they tell you they don't have a clue what it is, but they know they love it. So you have a lot of education to do. And uh, I'll be back again. We're going to talk some more black on white and pedophilia. Go to, uh, don't, can't go to my website. I had to give it up. But I am on YouTube. I'm on Podomatic. I'm on Facebook.